Hello and welcome to Now That's What I Call Radio. We're here again. We survived another week. Oh yeah. It's crazy. I, I can hardly believe it. We honestly. back. Especially after Valentine's Day. Like everybody's a little bit sadder for it, but we're alive and we're here and we're ready <laughs> to have a good time. And hopefully you've been lifted up out of your Valentine's depression right now. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're here to just share an hour of music together. One whole hour of not music, but instead us talking about it. Yep. Speaking of which, I have an announcement to make. Um, I have undergone some kind of a spiritual journey on behalf of the Nitwicks. Oh, oh, on behalf. On behalf of the Nitwicks, because the deeper we get into the show, the more I realize that I have a responsibility, a responsibility to our fans, to the people who listen to me and respect me, which is not many of our fans. <laughs> yeah, no. If there are fans, they don't respect you. But to be more knowledgeable <laughs> about music, every once in a while we'll get a caller say, have you listened to reggae? Have you listened to Neil Diamond? Have you listened to more than two of Pink Floyd's albums? And I have to, as a music critic that I pretend they respect, say, no, I haven't. I haven't listened to more than two Pink Floyd that, albums. and Are you just going to tell us that that hurts your ego? Is that where we're going? It's not that it hurts my ego. It's that I feel a responsibility, like a father to a child, and that child is asking me, Dad, what's the best Pink Floyd album? And I have to say, I don't know, son. And no, I feel I- bad about So I have decided to undergo a journey to educate myself about music. Because I have to ask you one question. How can you claim that Radiohead has one of the best albums of all time when you've never listened to a compilation of Saudi Arabian ringtones? Well, dude, that's the it's question. It's pretty easy. You just listen to one of them. <laughs> Maybe several. What if one collection of Saudi Arabian ringtones is even better than the last? No, I'm not talking about ringtones. I'm talking about Radiohead albums. You just listen but to one of them. The thing about music reviewing is any given moment, no matter who is speaking, they don't have a complete view of the music scene. Nobody in this world does. But some people are closer than others. Scarufi and Fantano, because those are the only two music critics I know. Yeah, no, for sure. (laughs) And the collective consciousness of Pitchfork, but I don't care about them. Just one hive mind. The collective consciousness of lots of online forums is alarming to me. It's true, but... Like, like the collective conscious... They know about everything No, 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 no. They spiral, okay, where are you going they with spiral this? around the same doldrums. Old they, doldrums. They definitely spiral around the same old doldrums. I mean, I get it that 4chan has been talking about Takashi 6 9 for way too long now, but that's not what this is about. Yeah, the it point is. is, out there are obscure albums. And so I went into the, the deep, dark places on the internet, and I found a chart that says, Essential Deep Internet Albums. And I promise you here, Nitwicks, right now, that instead of being a responsible adult and listening to more Pink Floyd, more David Bowie, and more Prince, I am going to go listen to really obscure internet albums, every single one on the chart for you. Oh. So I can tell you that Radiohead is or is not better than Saudi Arabian ringtones. Go get it, dude. Nice. Go get it. It's a good perspective. I'm in on this. I'll be here to uh, continue... To establish arguments on very sandy foundations, the sandiest foundation. They're if so house, sandy, but I will continue built to establish them upon Saudi Arabian ringtones. What are you doing? 
That sounds like a very, very <laughs> Saudi Arabia sounds like a very sandy foundation. I'm just gonna. Say. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> let's uh, let's right. mix this episode from certain countries. <laughs> I was trying to give him a shout out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well. actually it's actually quite a good ringtone compilation. I was kind of bopping in my car to it on the way over. I'm not kidding. It's it's kind of interesting. All right, you know, album deep, of deep the week. Internet. Album of the week. I thought that was Bop for some reason. Okay, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Album of the week this week. Hopefully you saw that we are getting on top of the game here. Um, We posted the album of the week on Monday, which is the new Nitwick tradition. Mondays, check our socials and you will be able to see what album we're going to review on Wednesdays. And so here we are. And the album is Eden's new album. Um, it is his second studio album and it is called no future. So, um, we'll hop straight into a review, but I want to give a little bit of a back, uh, background on him. He's a 24 year old kid from Dublin, Ireland. Um, his mother is, um, Irish and his father is Chinese. His name's Jonathan Ung and, um, pronounce it. Yeah, it's just NG. NG. It's a pretty sick last name, I was mm-hmm. going to say it. Um, so anyways, he was born out of the SoundCloud scene. Um, 2013 is when he started showing up. Um, and part of the reason I chose this as my album of the week is because I have actually been with him since 2013. I've listened to everything he's done. I've seen him get to where he is now, and it's it's been a journey. So um, I don't want to say too much more about the album until you guys speak. So what did you guys think of the album? Logan, you got him. You got him. I have to go first? Yeah, you can start us. Okay. I'm curious. First off, the reviews of this album that exist out on the internet right now are garbage. Oh, yeah. They're bad reviews. <laughs> because, the first off, one was the Irish Times, which is the whole reason I knew what you were about to say about being born in Ireland. And it's saying, he's out there representing our country. You want to go listen to some good Irish music? Listen to the guy who's from Ireland and has the most Spotify per month listens. (laughs) And the rest of them were like generic Tumblr blogs that managed to get their own domain name. So I was really disappointed by the review quality. Come on, guys. Literally get your game up. I know plenty of people listen to this album. Why is the online review game so weak? Yeah, I I did notice that This guy deserves a deep dive. This album deserves serious talking about. Um, So I'm going to come out right out with my opinion. Okay. I liked it. Not as much as Oblivion, but basically right below. Wow. Nice. Because I have a hidden longing for beautiful, soulful art pop. Mm. Most of the time... The screaming, the thrashing, the obscure slowing down of 70s music that nobody listened to at the time. That's what I like. But somewhere deep inside me, there is an emotional core. And that emotional core can only be found by filtered drum machine beats and layer upon layer of soulful singing. That's the only way we can get to your emotional core? It's the only way, dude. It's I mean, the, It's the key to his heart. There are some other ways, too, but this is, this is a direct <laughs> path. This is a direct wow. path. And I, I was thinking about similar projects that I like, such as Frank Ocean's mm-hmm. Big Two albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's clear that he drew a lot of influence from that sort of alternative R&B scene. Yep. Um, 
which is basically two camps. You either sound like Frank Ocean or you sound like The Weeknd. And so on that spectrum, he's more of an over here. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I think he still really brought a lot of his own flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's so soulful. It's so moody. I can really get lost in this one. Uh, I think it will may appear to be a background album because mm. the grooves are so subdued. Mm-hmm. But I think no I got the over here for that. No I think complaint. I got the most out of it when I was kind of listening to this and not doing anything else. Not driving, not working on homework, just headphones on. Wow. Enjoying enjoying the sonic textures. Because even though not every chorus stands out, not every melody mm-hmm. will grab you by the throat and mm-hmm. shake you. Um the combined subtlety and beauty of it, the detail, just finds a way to soak into your brain and you start thinking in the same colors that Eden is thinking in, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. So I did I did really love it. It got me on an art pop kick for the rest of the week. I nice. discovered an obscure 130 Spotify listeners furry album that oh, also no. sounds kind of similar to this Eden Project album. Nice. <laughs> you sold it. You just sold it. But right both there. were really good. Like, I, I don't know. It just, it awakens something new in me. I just want that color, that emotion. Later research uh, led me to find out that it's kind of a climate change album, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to talk about that when you guys were kind of through. But I feel Literally like. Literally climate change. It appeals much well, um, more on the personal level. Like he, he, it's, he, he's yeah. literally talking about climate change. So here's the thing. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I have a few words though. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Do you mean literal climate change? Literal climate change. Oh, I actually have not heard that. It, I, I thought you were saying. Is... I thought you were saying climate change for his music style. Oh, and I was uh, like, yes, of course. And I think the the changes that he appears to have undergone from his earlier work that I listened to to this album. The way he talks about his personal life, there was one lyric in there. It's like, I see myself and all the people I've left behind. Yeah. That one was actually highlighted by a review site, so I'm showing my hand there a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, that that speaks to something personal. So even though news I saw about it said it was about climate change, I'm going to say this album hits way, way harder on the personal level than it does on the sociopolitical yeah, level. Yeah, that's really interesting what, to me. That's I, the last... The last thing I see Eden doing is trying to make some global political statement. Here's, like, here's what is I he do. Capable of doing that. The thing, the thing about him is he actually is pretty political. Like he actually does. Like he is like very awareness, uh, climate, climate change aware. Like he'll post stuff about it sometimes, mm-hmm. and he's very involved in like politics over in the United Kingdom. And so he always talks about that stuff. But his music. I, I don't know where you heard the climate change thing. He probably has some undertones, but from what I understand, actually, the the root of this album is that there was some relationship he had this last year. I don't know if it was romantic or not, but um, he ended up cutting it off and it created a bunch of regrets. And I think that was actually one of the roots of this album. So Mm. I don't know. There's probably room for interpretation there, but that's what I had heard. Yeah. uh, I really also enjoyed the album. What I really like about it is like there's so many moments on there where you think you know what he's going to do and then he very very intentionally does not go that way. Yeah. And he kind of sticks it to you like he's like, "Yeah, I'm a I could blow up into this moment. Nope, I'm just going to go into complete silence. Are Check you th- your headphones. 
Yeah. Are you and thinking of the, the track Just Sang? Yeah, it's my favorite. That is the best one That's on my there. favorite track. Because it is a constant subversion of expectations. And I think it uses the same sound from the Frank Ocean song Facebook story. He loves Frank but, Ocean, so. But anyway, it's it's one of my favorite sounds on the album, and that's why I recognize. Yeah. But Just Sang, you're right. It totally is just expectations, subvert, expectations, yep. yeah. subvert. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like prog metal, but it's. It's not prog metal at all. That's not where I would take it, but I respect it. No, no, no. In the, in, in, in the vein of prog metal is always trying to do that same thing to you, right? Mm. It's trying to keep you guessing. But yeah, in a totally different vein, you know, mm. totally different mindset, but kind of a- accomplishing a similar thing there. Really fun to listen to. I also liked um, some, of, some of the stuff that he was doing with vocoders, you know, mm, yeah. like he would... He definitely was sitting there and just talking his mind and having some fun in front of a piano, warping his voice all over the place. Mm-hmm. Pretty fun to listen to. Yeah, no, it's actually really cool. I was following the production of this album before it came out, and like mm-hmm. a lot of what he did was um, he stepped away from computers a lot. A lot of it was analog, which mm-hmm. is very new for him. He has not really done that in the past, and it's, it's been pretty cool actually to see him try so many new things. And, and just to speak on the um, the... Um, kind of when he breaks your expectations and stuff. That's another thing that is very new for him. He, his past. Now, don't get me wrong. I love, I love. I his mean, music. like EXO is super formulaic. Yeah, yeah. Like and, I get. And, yeah. And here's here's the deal. Is like, I love him so much, but I do admit that his his older music does kind of follow a formula. Like he kind of has a formula. He, he's always kind of used. And this is the first time I feel like he's really broken it. And um, honestly, this album. Okay, uh, so I'm a member of this this um, Jonathan Ung Facebook page, yeah, I'm, and and like it's all the fans, man. They they're posting in there like crazy, and honestly, the the overall reaction to this album is they don't really like it. This what? massive group, yeah, they don't really like Whatever it. Whatever for? Well, the reasoning is is they say that they feel like before he was so much more simple, like they could just they could just grasp it easier. Mm. And they feel like this album is more kind of buried under layers, it's which... a lot more of an art project. Yeah. It is. And in my opinion, this is probably the most... I, I've thought about it a lot, and I think the word to describe it is it's his most mature release yet. Mm. Like, I feel like this is definitely the one that he's put the most behind. And, and honestly, I was impressed by it. I was also kind of shocked by it. I, I mean, I, I, sure. I knew what I kind of thought it was going to be, and he actually broke the mold, and, and I really respect it. I mean, for my that. expectation of just straight after, straight after modern electro indie. Yeah. Like that, based on my exposure to EXO and his other number one song. Yeah. And, and songs that, I'm not going to say it, but mostly girls have shown me, yeah. has been that very strict modern pop formulaic mm-hmm. take. So I, I was so surprised and yeah. so happily yeah, I was that too. it is artsy. I, honestly, I was surprised. Can I get into a couple criticisms? Get it. Real Happy quick. that yeah, it's course. artsy. Huh? Happy that it's artsy. Yes, I want... I, I hate the word artsy. I am like, so pretentious, Aaron. I hate the word artsy. <laughs> I love so just much. like weird... I was totally vibing on this conversation. I was really digging it. <laughs> I thought we had great points. We were sharing some kumbayas, and then you said artsy, and I was like... Okay, all right. Abstract. Yeah. It, okay. okay. 
Art pop. That's fair. Art pop. Yeah. I, that is what it is. Yeah, the word artsy does have quite a connotation. So so here's what I would say. Here are my criticisms. Yeah, let's hear it. First off, just a smidge too long. Mm. 57 minutes. Take out a couple of the slower moments here. I could easily see paring it down to 45 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, just because... The weeds, unless you're really getting lost in them, sometimes feel a little long. My second big criticism is actually kind of a bonus. The 30-ish second long track static Mm. has him like having fun over like this muffled. It feels like you're on the other side of a house Mm -hmm. where some guy is throwing on like a concert for only his friends. Mm -hmm. That moment was so fun that when he got back to being emotional and colorful and abstract, I did kind of miss the fun of that. Mm. And so it's not saying I think the album should have been that because I like what the album is. But if at some point he wants to explore that fun, looser feel, not the strict pop songwriting, but that fun, loose feel that he had on Static, Mm -hmm. just for that little interlude, I would have loved to see it. No, I actually don't disagree with that criticism. I, I do feel like there's a few moments... And I say it carefully because I actually really like the atmosphere he, he paints. But there's a few moments it drags a bit. I agree. Um, that said, even though it drags a bit at moments, I felt like the pacing was really cool. Like I really liked how sometimes yeah. it would, all of a sudden it would pick up and grab. Like, like when that freaking guitar and the, and the drums hit at the beginning of question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. That oh, just, that song is so cool. Yeah, like that. those types of moments, he nailed those. Those laser drums on that song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a good time. I think it's yeah. funny that you called it a studio album, too. It's a bedroom album. Well, it's, okay, it's technically. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. But well, it technically is a studio give, album. Give respect to the house albums. The I made this in my house album. He, he is the he is the bedroom pop staple for me I, staple you know what okay i get where you're coming from with this in terms of pop produced in a bedroom but i guard the bedroom pop genre very closely lo-fi levi that is, that's a that's a <laughs> unfortunately jack stauber lo-fi levi genre right there oh uh-huh, there you eden go eden sounds too good to be bedroom pop yeah he is actually the just thing- real art pop yeah maybe so Maybe you're right. If we're talking, you're, are you talking more like garagey sounding though? Because like, he's very well produced, but he's definitely just a kid in his house. I like, I understand that. I just Cry feel Wolf like as well. Crywolf's in that same. Uh, are you are you blending garagey sounds with bedroom pop? Hopefully not. I'm trying to focus in on the sound of bedroom pop. When you think of the Lo-Fi Levi, the Jack Stauber. Yeah. I think the appeal is the intimate cheapness of it mm. whereas even though Crywolf is guy in his house it sounds like hollywood funded the most epic yeah. movie and it happens to be made by an extremely talented guy in his house yeah okay you know yeah, i mean that's fair enough aaron i uh i really uh as far as this album is concerned I really don't have anything bad to say actually. I am I'm one that likes to listen to albums that are very cohesive mm. and he was nailing that. I think it's impressive um just as an individual artist what he's accomplishing here. I really enjoy the album. If I did have criticism, it's just that I love 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 the way that he I'm always talking about drum production. Mm. <laughs> he nails it and I I wish there were a few more moments that were just that slow, deep, um, you know, distorted, just like so 
atmospheric, big drum sound mm-hmm. type stuff happening in the album. There wasn't as much of that, but I did like the consistency that he nailed. Yeah. So I don't know. I I'm surprised, honestly. I guess I haven't been a long time Eden fan, but for somebody to be critical of this album, I I don't know. I I, I think it's clearly really well done. Yeah. It's clearly people that want straightforward pop experiences. Yeah. yeah. And and I don't hold that against you if you think you want to get something out of an artist and you don't end up getting it. Mm-hmm. But man, backlash against this stuff sort of stuff feels so weird to me. I understand if you feel like they're moving in a sellout direction. But Jonathan Ng Facebook group, how can you possibly feel like he's compromising something I, here? I know. For I, you. I think, honestly, he's he's trying to be more true to who he wants to be, and I think he's going to shake off some fans for it. But you know what? I actually respect him for it. It's what you do. I, I, yeah. And you know, 21 Pilots lost some fans, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. That's an art form. <laughs> oh, this is the conversation the I've been waiting for. Oh boy. I don't think you're ready for this conversation. Oh, I've been waiting for this conversation. All right. As promised from last week, we're here to talk about uh, TikTok. (laughs) And and is it okay the influence that TikTok is having on the modern pop music scene? Uh, Logan, Logan, uh, let's go. Okay, but let's define this for a second. What do you mean, is it okay? I mean... Like, what does this mean? I mean, whenever I mention a song that is is uh, working with the Zoomers... Okay. There's feelings. And is it, it, where are those feelings coming from, and are they okay? D- do we believe in the direction it's taking it? My question is, why would it be such a problem that just one demographic is liking it? Don't we like the Zoomers? So what? What's the problem? I here? have a I have a troubled relationship <laughs> with the Zoomers. I want so much from them, and I don't always get it. Is TikTok one of those those hard spots? Those d- trouble areas? Aaron, this is going to be a real tough conversation to have. I'm it really it takes a lot for me emotionally to even get to this place. But I'm about to do something. That has only happened maybe three times on this show up until now. Oh. I'm going to say that in terms of discovering pop music, the core of what pop is about in relation to any generation it's been a part of, TikTok is basically that. If you want to talk about a perfect platform for us to democratically decide what songs are worthy of being noticed in the pop sphere, this is it. And I hate some of what it's picked. I hate thinking about TikToks. I hate watching TikToks. I hate being I, shown TikToks. I quite I hate enjoy watching living TikToks. in a culture where people want to show me TikToks. <laughs> I hate hearing a song, thinking that it's a good song, and then someone saying, oh, well, it actually came from this TikTok meme. Look at it. Look at this meme. I hate all of that. I, but because I am 23 years old and I need to learn to be mature about things, to just keep my head on straight and somehow claw my way to the nitwicks respect by giving up credit where credit is due, 
I will say that democratically deciding what is catchy, what is popular, is what the teens like to dance to. Yeah. It's whatever the teens like to dance to, whatever they like to make jokes about. Whether it be, ain't nobody gonna break my stride, which mm-hmm. they dug up and decided to make something out of, to modern oddities like Jack Stauber, who would have never gotten a place on the pop charts in the 2000s. True. Yeah. This, there is a democracy to it, and it is getting the teens to dance. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree with you. And, and, I, and I appreciate that with all of that vigor and intensity. Anger. And, and yes. <laughs> deep feelings of inferno. You're still able to admit it, it might be a good thing. Because I, I don't think there's anything else to pop music. So I have, a, I have a, just a, a little bit of a different angle to take on it. Oh. If Jack Stauber never would have made it in the modern climate, does that mean that TikTok is a good place for up and rising artists? Or do you think that they should avoid it if it's possible? Because if he never would have had a scene, and now he definitely does have eyes on him, mm-hmm. was that a good thing? Is it a good thing? What's your personal view? Do you think that? Do you think that that is good for these small artists? No, no fame comes without repercussions. It's just impossible. Back in the day, it was more. If you were famous, then somebody would try to sign you, and best believe if someone's knocking on your door every day and offering to give you a lot of money, they'll sign you. And we've established in our group here, and by now the Nitwicks are familiar with the narrative of being signed when you're popular. These 360 deals where they shark everything. At least with TikTok, and I understand it gains you a certain kind of fan base. A very, very, very specific fan base. Very specific. Let's be clear. (laughs) Very, very specific fan base. In a way, your music will always be diminished because it will be associated with jokes. Which, which is part of what TikTok gravitates towards, is music that can be taken as a joke. Okay, how do we feel about... Oh, man, I got so much to say about that. Well, then let's say oh, it. But it, oh, but if you'll let me finish here... Okay, I, I know. I, I would rather this repercussion than, oh, my God, I'm signed for 30 years and have no other way to get out my music. It's better for Jack Stauber to be independent, have control over his pipeline, bring on people where he feels necessary than it is for him to suffer the repercussions of having a good MTV music video. Okay, but wait, isn't that isn't mm. it kind of the illusion of control going on there? Because they are bound to that very specific audience. It's just like it's just like, you know, when when you're in elementary school and you have um, a bag of candy and you're at recess and all of a sudden you have all these friends that you never had before uh-huh. and then the second the candy's gone they're gone i think if you're not catering to these guys on tiktok you'll get dropped just like that okay but like and so well, is- no 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 i'm just all i'm saying is to counter his argument all right so he's saying it's better that they're independent independent Define independence here, because <laughs> independence means you can make what you want to make. Well, okay, there are people that are going to want to make things that cater to the TikTok audience, right? And if that's what they want to make, okay, right? Yeah, but it, you asked, is this a good place for up and coming artists to go? And it's like, well, if you want them to sell out the same way they'd sell out to a record label, yes. yes. So it's it's it's, it's a quick, different sell. It's sellout. quick and it's not very deep. It's quick and and shallow. 
A, don't overestimate how easy it is to get teenagers to dance to your music. It's hard. TikTok is not a free platform for up-and-coming artists. It is merciless. They love just picking the same songs over and over and over again. No, No, so it's not that I'm an up-and-coming artist. I'm going to get on TikTok and hope everybody does it. There is such, and there always has been, a minuscule chance that you will be picked up by that audience. But here's what I'm going to say. On the off chance that you do, we just talked about our boy Eden trying to become more abstract, become more soulful, true to himself, and fans start to shed away. Yeah. What you need, first and foremost, if you're looking to actually make money in the music industry, and I say this as somebody and who's made 12 sanity. cents. And keep your sanity. And keep your sanity. <laughs> is get in front of as many people as possible, no matter the cost. And then move from there. It's fine. It's absolutely fine if Jack Stauber makes an album that TikTok doesn't like because out of the millions of fans, 10,000 of them will like that new album. Yeah. And you can live off 10,000 fans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If if you're making good decisions cuz there's some people that start making 100,000 follower decisions. Right. With a trajectory to 100 followers once they're who they truly are. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and if you're that person, you're in you're in trouble. I, I wonder what the ultimate goal of this conversation is, though. Because is the goal just followers? Faithful followers? Or is the goal the music? Because I if you're making I, I, what you want to make, then I don't think it really matters what outlet it goes to. Because if it the the problem is if you make something the problem is if you make something and then you get stuck to the name of it and you feel like you have to stay that person that's a problem. But if you're making what you want to make the whole time, I see zero problem with it. But let me ask you, who is it harder to change on? A a group of teenagers who will just leave you, maybe bully you. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Or B a record executive who says. People want this. You're on contract to work 40 hours a week to record this album with this sound. I think that decision should just be up to the artists. If if that if they want to get locked into a record deal, do it. But the thing is, is these kids, you can't let these TikTokers define your creative TikTokers. output. Because if you legitimately are like, oh no. These kids expect me to do this. And if you're just catering to these kids, you said it yourself, they're going to leave you in two seconds. Oh, yeah. So why bend over backwards for people that don't really care about you? Well, because Logan's point being there's a percentage that's going to stick, you know. So so if you if you go in. Oh, that's too dangerous, man. In my opinion, that's too dangerous. But, but think about. Sell a false image just so you can get it to boil down. But, I, I don't I don't think know. Think about Taylor, though, right? You start off with a bunch of seven-year-olds, but Taylor's fans didn't stay seven. Some of them grew up. Some of them stuck with her. Some of them liked the directions they went because they were into her narrative. Mm. So you say you're stuck with these TikTokers. Well, A, yes, a lot of them are going to fall away really quickly because that's the nature of explosive popularity. But B, a lot of them are going to change and they're going to change with you because now they have their eyes on you and they didn't before. Interesting. I I mean, I agree with that. Okay, I got to inject this because we were talking about it, and I can't let the nitwicks down. Comedy in music, you know, because you were saying the the, the joke needs to be part of the TikTok. I mean, yes, most of the time. I'm I'm smelling an (laughs) Oliver Tree reference coming on. (laughs) I still hate that guy. Oh, man. Uh, 
Okay, but how do you seriously feel about it when a portion of what you're listening to is for the meme? Are you really okay That's with that? That's what it? I hear when yeah, I listen my, to Oliver Tree. My question, I, okay, my question okay. is this. Oliver Tree, though, Does, in the music, I think he is genuine. Sorry, James. Okay, look, yeah. <laughs> so, so look at this here. Is this concept of doing it, quote, for the meme, is it new? It's not new, in my opinion. There's always been some sort of thing. What you guys are kind of speaking to is a gimmick. Gimmicks. Are you kidding me? Look at Kiss. Look at The Who smashing their drum sets and guitars. Yeah, that's There's fair. always been gimmicks. This is not new at all. And so I don't, you know what I'm saying? But, okay, it's the, it's the point... That we're dealing with comedy. See, but but Kate, we're dealing with comedy. Did, was it not funny that the Who would smash everything I and that they would jump out of hotel windows okay, and stuff? Right. It would, like it obviously yeah. was. They were trying to be so crazy that they were funny. People revere and love the Who. Mm, that's the Who is a good argument. The Who Kiss not as much. I mean, they made a lot of money. I mean, if we if we want to talk about career artistry. Yeah, you're right. Kiss wasn't trying to be funny. It's different. It's a different type of a gimmick. But there's artists in the past that have tried to be funny, and they've gotten away with it. You have a valid point there. It's the same as trying to be edgy. Like, people will say music is held back by them having to appeal to this level of teeth, you know? Some people would say that's what happened to Marilyn Manson over time. They just had to be too edgy that he couldn't mature. It's... Having any angle to music ever is what got you a platform in your in the first it's place. True, yeah, it's true. A, a, a wise coworker once told me that uh, art is controversy. Mm. Who told you that? I can't tell you on the air. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Art I'm kind is of curious. art is controversy though. I that's a that. good. That's a good statement. And yeah. maybe on those grounds, I'll have to bow down to TikTok. <laughs> This, this discussion went very differently <laughs> from how That's everybody it. expected. <laughs> oh, man. Sell out of the week. Uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about <laughs> it. I have a treat for us this oh, week. Oh, goody. See, okay. It's funny because every week we find ourselves talking first and foremost about what it means to be a sellout. And as we have discovered... There's there's depth to that concept, right? Now, at its core, I I do believe the most um, the best definition of what a sellout is is some someone who leads a fan base to believe they're one thing only to become another. All right. Intentionally. Yeah. Intentionally okay. becomes something else. Fully aware of what their fans want. You know, and and outright refuses it. I mean, there's the whole faster horses argument, right? Henry Ford, if we asked the people what they want, they would have said faster horses. I, we, I don't know. Ah, I just am now thinking about that. Isn't that exactly what we were just talking about, though? Because would you, and then in that case, would you call Eden a sellout right now? Because he knows what his fans want, but he just broke the mold. However, here's the difference. Doing it for money. Yeah, doing it ah. obviously for, for money. money. Okay, for, okay. Mo- for money. Yep, yep. Yeah, because I was about to say, I was like, hold on, it can't just be a change against wow. the fans. Wow, <laughs> I almost questioned everything I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the money. I don't have to hate all of Beck's albums now. <laughs> okay, just some right. of them. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, oh, so who I bring to you today is some someone who is clearly 
a sellout, but has managed to. Everybody knows that this guy's a sellout. Mm. Yet we still love and revere him, even for the fact that he is a sellout. Don't say Drake. Liam Gallagher. Oh. Liam Gallagher, our ah. dear friend. Of Oasis. Of Oasis. I mean, lest we forget, Oasis arguably writes the greatest rock album ever. <laughs> arguably <laughs> emphasized. No, no. <laughs> Lots of people do not argue that point. As soon as, soon as, story as, soon as Wonderwall became what it became, just everything about Oasis. Not true. Because as Wonderwall raised in popularity... So did Liam Gallagher's ego, and that just became a beautiful thing to watch. Why was it beautiful, Aaron? Because Liam Gallagher, he, he, I, I honestly wonder if this man has legitimate uh, narcissistic personality d- disorder. That's a heck of a call out. He believes. Go get him. He <laughs> believes he is I mean, greater I, than the rest have of you, us. Have you seen videos of him, though, dude? I have not. You, I mean, I am not one to claim that he has a disorder, and, I, and Aaron's not claiming it either. He's saying it's possible, but I will say from the videos, like sometimes he says things that you're just like, "Oh my god!" Are we talking like Kanye like, level? Or are we talking? Well, no, it's, it's it's far more intentional than Kanye. I feel like when Kanye says stuff, he's kind of just spouting, but Liam Gallagher, like he like wears it on his sleeve, like no, he's that legitimately is like who he is. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's this Aaron was showing me this slew of videos that they did. There's some UK show did this thing where they would put they would get an artist in this in the studio. They put headphones on them and they start playing random stuff. HBO. Oh, there you go. They start playing random stuff and then they would just they would get their reactions. And like many times he would like pull his headphones off. He's like, (laughs) not for me. This is not for me. (laughs) And you're just like, oh, my gosh. Just like stuff like that. If you want (laughs) to be entertained, go and look at Liam Gallagher's Twitter. It's a good time. I'm serious. Wow. I'm serious. Liam Gallagher has a lot to say. But here's the thing that's so great about him is it's like he's borderline washed up at this point. Like, don't get me wrong. I haven't heard a single thing about Liam Gallagher songs in... Five years. Yet yeah. he, he's done. He's he's back with us. He's done two. He did a solo record last year. So I mean, <laughs> that's what I mean. He, I think over there in England, we're loving him still. Yeah. And, and I, honestly, I love him too. Okay. I, I think lo- I think we know where you belong. <laughs> the, 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 the way that I choose to love him, though, and I think the way that most people choose to love him is is this guy. Who is just up there being absolutely ridiculous? I mean, I, I hate to say that though because then it starts to sound like I'm celebrating a Kardashian. But Liam Gallagher yes. is far more. <laughs> Are you saying British. he actually so did British. something? Or <laughs> well, the thing the thing about it though is he is wash washing. I don't know if I want to say washing or washed up right now, but he's washing. But he's the th- washing. like like. I mean, we all just saw that tour poster, bro. He his name was just as big as Rage Against the Machine. I know Liam Gallagher. <laughs> no, they were on the tour on the on the festival poster. They were the same size. <laughs> okay, See, and that's why he's beautiful. That's why he's beautiful. He's the wild card. That's, that's an interesting argument for beauty. <laughs> just go to his Twitter. He's he's terrible. I'm realizing something he's about terrible. you, Aaron. The Strokes, the Beatles, Liam Gallagher. 
Help me out here. Damon Albarn. Damon Albarn. Yeah. I got I, I'm sensing something about you. I've, I can't quite put my finger on I've it. I've got some English <laughs> <You> Kate. <laughs> Kate well, except the strokes aren't are not. They are from New York. Are you sh- Yeah. Oh my god. Casablanca's is from New York. Oh. That's right. No, you're not. All right, sorry. Hey, you, you, you had a mostly good list, though. Your, your they, they, they do seem very English. I'm with you. I like the Arctic Monkeys. Those guys are. There you go. Oh, yeah. But then, see, I have roots over here in the West as well. Re- okay, back to Liam, though. <laughs> Liam. Are you sure about that? Oh, I'm, I'm positive. Just because Damon Albarn featured Snoop Dogg doesn't mean... I mean until recent times, Beck has been historically probably his favorite artist. Beck. Okay. So, I mean, Beck's a big one. I mean, he's a staple. Beck could pass for British, red, though. Red like, let's be peppers. real. I don't know, dude. He feels, he, pretty, he feels pretty L.A. to me. Or at least he did. Mm. At least he all, did. All, the, all that I know, okay, let me just... Final statements here on Liam. <laughs> Any human being who who is just pretty awful, <laughs> but, but, then, but then is incredibly fun to celebrate for how awful they're being... Is an artist of a form, and that it's Liam Gallagher. He's so out of the week. Liam's on Fair. YouTube right now. He's just like, not for me. Not for me. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> I heard what this kid said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh bop gosh. of the week. <laughs> okay, bop of the week. It's always you first, Jake. Okay, <laughs> that's that is true. That, that was that was good right there. Okay, mine. Um, I actually. This is going to be a weird one. Maybe. Jeez, as long as it's half as good as Skrillex Sicko Mode remix. <laughs> I know, man. Oh, that, boy. That is such is it, a Is it a meme a to still be listening to Sicko Mode in 2020? It kind of is. I'm still doing it, dude. I'm still I'm doing still it, I'm still doing too. it. Okay, no, but this one, I actually don't know what your guys' opinions are of it. You've talked about it a lot. I've heard both of you mention it. I've heard both of you talk about it. Ooh. I'm not going to lie. I was uneducated until this last week, and I decided, I was like, ah, you know what? I'm going to educate myself. So I went, and I listened to Igor by Tyler, the Creator. Mm. I don't actually, I've heard you guys talk about it. I don't know if you actually like it, but my bop of the week, honestly, was hard, because I'm actually a big fan of the album. I really? I like the album a lot. That's a little pollen core of you, but um, I'll take it. (laughs) I I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm jamming on it, and... I know that this song is, uh, it's the classic, it is the Pollen song, but Earthquake. Earthquake. It's good. The way he crunches his voice, like that bit crush on his voice, and like so much 808 that you almost can't think while it's going on. Almost like an earthquake. Almost. (laughs) I'm just going to I'm just going to say it. When I I started it, when I started the album, I kind of thought, oh, these guys don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm going to try to figure out why. I started listening to it. The production on that album is so freaking cool. It is so cool. It I, hits I mean, that perfect stride of like stripped back while still being kind of everything. Yeah. Well, and there's certain parts where like he's got this weird thing going on where it's like his specifically his drum kits and stuff like his kicks will sound super deep and electronic. And then at on the top, it sounds like 60 samples. And I'm Just like, what is going filthiest on? Like, snares. Man, it's awesome. So anyways, my bop is Earthquake, which I never thought I would actually say because I've, you know, I knew it was kind of a pollen album, but you yeah. know what? I'm a fan. It's okay. And I, I have to retract some of my comments about pollen because they only have about 50,000 subscribers. 
I really thought pollen was like a two million people you know, thing. It, in order for us to like it, it no. has to be below seventy five. Let's just talk about let's talk you know about I, the fact that Logan just categorized no, it by no, no, no. amount of yeah. people. Logan just showed his power level <laughs> because he thought a hipster thing was Dude, mainstream. Listen, I'm going on this journey for the nitwicks. I'm just trying to be more honest. I literally only care about how obscure something is. Dude, that's all <laughs> that matters Logan, to I, me. I really respect you. And I actually really respect your music taste. I think that you are too concerned about numbers. You're too concerned about how many people are listening to it. I'm not going to lie. Like on my friend activity, every once in a while, I'll just go and click on who you're listening to. Almost every time, they're below like 15,000 Spotify monthly. See, but doesn't like, that I'm mean like, that I'm, I'm really like, about does, that life? He does this on purpose. I know. You care I'm more about the number <laughs> than you do about the music, bro. I am not trying to <laughs> advertise to you. He Listen. wants his life to live in an Excel spreadsheet. It's fine. Watch it. It's fine. If, it. It's fine. If everybody came to me and they were like, what do you listen to? And I only named obscure people all the time, then it would look like I'm posing. And I am kind of posing, but at least you know that when you see me at 1 a.m. bumping something with less than 15K listeners, I'm really listening to yeah, that. that. That's fair. So I, that That's just about the best thing you could have said right I there. am pretentious, but I am really about that life. And that's fair. Actually, that's fair. You know what? With your description about actually being dedicated to it, I will say I've seen over the course of a couple months, you are dedicated to it. All right, Logan. How, but real quick, before <laughs> we move on, real fast, real fast. All I'm going to say is if you just write off Igor as a Pollencore album, <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed because we need to talk about how good the production is on that album. I'm sorry. The production is freaking awesome. We can talk I, about the production. I will let you know, spoiler alert, that my problem with Igor is that it doesn't feel like an album at all. It feels like a sound collage of pretty good production. Huh. I, Interesting. I like my songs to be songs a lot of the time. We'll have to continue that later. We will continue, we'll continue that. that later. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Bop of the week time. I've had an excellent month for music. Spotify's recommendations got on something else. They probably heard me talking smack about all their podcasts, and they were like, we'll figure out how to win this kid back over. Oh, man. So <laughs> Beverly oh. and Van were perfect for each other, <laughs> just to be clear. But what happened? <laughs> you didn't click on yeah, it to find out, for bro? the record, Nitwicks, <laughs> this week, um, in an unnamed group chat that comes up from time to time here on the show, um, we confirmed Logan's words that there is, in fact, an up-and-coming podcast banner <laughs> to be had by all Spotify users. It was confirmed. And it's a good time. That's all I can say about it. It's a good time. <laughs> so, Spotify's antics aside, they did get something right. I was recommended that furry album that I was talking oh, about. Man. Oh. I am a, I'm slightly offended you compared it furry to Eden, but culture, okay. Man. <laughs> oh. there's, something, there's something about, like, and I know the nitwicks maybe aren't super familiar with this, but there's something about, like, anime-branded, like, furry-branded type stuff where I think they're deliberately gatekeeping good music to people because they want to be clear like you're going into this with something weird hmm. like you see an album cover of like a girl with a guitar and you think now I have expectations but you see this going on you see like a giant buff rabbit and you're like <laughs> what is this gonna sound like what is it's like pink everywhere and like gold sparkles I'm like I I don't even know what to expect for this album. So if you're looking for an Eden-like experience, but one that is just a lot 
a bit more obscure, I would say. Mm. Not even that far off. Still great songs, still great everything. It's this artist called Kendall Colon 3, so it makes like a cat oh, face. Yeah. Oh, yep. And the, and the song that I would like to nominate is called Waves. And it's just this beautiful, gut-wrenching song about being asked too much mm. by somebody that you care about. Mm. Uh, it's beautiful it's amazing it's every bit as emotional and touching as some of the works that you're going to hear touted this year like i'm sure no future will be loved by critics um but all in the packaging of just a big buff white rabbit and gold (laughs) sparkles my goodness like i this music is out there somebody made this and somebody is okay with it being obscure and i just i want to signal boost it and share it with you you have my attention dude i'm trying it for sure this week, um, I okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's been one of those shows. No, no. Today's been, tonight's been great. You know what, Nitwicks? I do want to say I apologize for that. In the future, uh, I'll just answer off air and then I'll bring them on. Okay, so my ears they can handle it. We'll go for that approach going forward. Yeah, sorry that's, if your little kitties were listening. Now, that, now, that's not what's in my head at the moment, though. I'm dealing <laughs> with an entirely different struggle. Um, Is it your love of British pop music? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, man. Lots of people deal with it. No, no. Mostly women. No. Oh, I, I know exactly. I know exactly what struggle you're going through. What struggle? What struggle? <laughs> yeah, what struggle? I know it. This is some uh, kind of sibling. I don't think so. Okay, uh, maybe I, not. Now I want to be embarrassed. I, no, I'll please, please. I'll, no, no, no. For the Netwicks, please indulge. I don't know. Live you, on air. <laughs> it's that slow tie track, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I would have no struggle with that, and I have to admit, wow, slow tie. He's on fire. Deal with it. That he's is coming up. Such a good. Song. Have you heard Deal with it? The song. Wow, that's a runner-up. Slow tie. Okay, all right, awesome. all right. But my struggle here is I'm I'm low key naming like my all time favorite song, kind of. Oh, oh that struggle. It's, Wonderwall. It's statistically <laughs> this song statistically can be proven probably to be my favorite song if you if you're going by listens. Oh, I think I know it because this is a song that once it comes on, it just. <laughs> Oh, I, I know it for sure. I can't stop listening to Coldplay? it. Coldplay? No, I do know it. And yeah, it, it is. It's it's it, it puts me in this mind space where I'm okay. I'm not feeling bad. I'm not feeling good. I'm feeling okay. And I, and, and maybe that's why I listen to it so much, because I think realistically, you know, despite what we expose ourselves to out there on the internet, most of us are just doing okay most of the time. And so this song is a song of my life. Uh, Spoon, Inside Out. It's got to be like my favorite. Love that oh, track. Yeah. Fantastic. No, I, I'm an Instagram model, so I'm pretty much always at my highest high uh-huh. until I make a mental health post. But I'm back to the highest <laughs> high pretty soon afterwards. Oh man. oh, man. Okay, have you heard this track, though? Inside Out, Spoon? I think I have, but I will. I would love to give it a re-listen it's after great. that build. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, no, I, I love that track. All right, well, that's a bop of the week here. Let's see what we got on the footboard. Oh, my gosh. There's no question that dubious music and movies are affecting unsupervised children of all colors. Oh, you already know it. The hip-hop you already industry know. makes billions. You already know who it is. Like this. Ah, yeah! <laughs> it's News a, of the week. I knew, I felt like the show was wrapping up, so I actually... 
I forgot that I had to do this segment. I prepared for it. Number one, the Strokes perform at a Bernie Sanders rally. Oh, you know who else is repping Bernie? We got Jack White repping Bernie. Yep. We got Vampire Weekend repping Bernie. Dude, it's the burn. Feel the burn. It's, Feel the burn. It's the burn. Let's get that free college. You know, so Fantano... <laughs> Sell it, Jack. Fantano made this interesting argument around the beginning of 2016 where he said, I don't think punk music is going to get any significantly better just because there's political unrest in this country. Admittedly, at an all-time high, probably that has been for the past 10 years. Um and I can't stop thinking how wrong Fantano was. <laughs> Rage is coming back. The Strokes reunite. Oh, the Strokes. Uh, I'm so The excited. punk music since 2017, the underground stuff is insane you know, right you now. You know, the real heavyweights, though, like My Chemical Romance coming back together, you know? Uh, well... <laughs> Can we talk about though that music video? There's the, okay, the music video, the new Stroke song that was so good, so good. Isn't this isn't this all a good thing? And I mean, I'm starting to notice it in other countries now too. Maybe because I'm more plugged into everything. But there are Chinese punk bands who used to not be able to have shows. Uh, are now throwing on Minecraft concerts, which we were talking about earlier. Oh my gosh. You have Chinese hardcore bands who are quarantined, just like performing from their computers at wow. home. Oh, dang. There's That's something, cool. something political is getting people to write songs again. And I understand we talk about Eden, did it have overtones of climate change or was it mostly personal? I swear I read that somewhere. Oh, I, I believe you. I believe you. Up. I believe you. Well, no but future, you know. Given that those are kind of the two main angles people take in songwriting, which is either I have something to say about myself or I have something to say about the world. The I have something to say about the world is blowing up right now. And people are getting back on trains. People are getting less and less afraid to be active politically Taylor Swift or whatever, showing representation in her music videos. Even if I don't like it, I can't deny that. Somebody like Taylor Swift taking that plunge, Kanye becoming maybe even more political than ever, at least in terms of his music. There's there's something happening here. And I hope even as much as I dislike, you know, conflict between peoples that isn't just joking around in a basement about music opinions that don't matter. Something is driving this beautiful moment in music where everybody feels the need to express their political opinion through song again. This is a good thing. And I hope everybody realizes that. Interesting point. And I hope we're all, you know, ready for some tunes. Because there will be tunes. There will be there will be tunes. Yeah. I, I recognize if you're this sort of person who likes to keep these things separate, but just know that uh, the revolution is already here. Yep. And it doesn't matter which side you're on because there are obscure band camp groups making great music on every side. Music theory or, or, or philosophy next week, we ought to take that topic on. Can you really be a person who's indulging in creative output and truly be agnostic to everything going on? under the hood of the artist's brain Ooh. next week next week let's go yeah okay that's, that's yeah <laughs> let's do that that's a good question right there. Got any more fair. music news for us i mean i did but my brain my brain is empty this well, has been well, a well, fun uh, show d- definitely the the strokes dropped a new video and it's it's like them doing 1970s very odd creepy eerie television it's like 
they're uh, it's like it's like it's supposed to be an infomercial where they're selling the strokes. Yeah. And and so like they're like you can dress them you can. <laughs> And it's like nice. just the strokes. I don't know it's if I'm so just, awesome. I'm so easy to sell to because anytime something anti-capitalist and cheeky like that comes up, I love it so much. Oh, the strokes oh. are the best at that. Yo, not not to change gears too much, too hard, but I did have one piece of music news. Avalanche has dropped a single today. Oh yeah, it comes out. I believe at it's, night. It, yeah, it comes out like it, I think it's already out somewhere, but not here yet. So. Just Global be, time. be on the ready, baby. I think it's called We Will Love You Always. Yep. We Will Love I'm, You Always. I'm really excited. The, the cover's awesome. It's like hands up in the stars. It's really cool. Looks awesome. Have oh, we yeah. ever talked about Godspeed, You Black Emperor on this show? No. I've never even heard of this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nitwicks. I, I have a few uh, business items here to cover. You know, now that we're all a family, we got to have we gotta, gotta have these talks. First of all, yeah, I'm going to just, I will continue to do phone calls. I'll just take it first. Second, though, more important, um, every week we're doing album of the week here, but we're we're starting to uh, bat around the idea, and Logan's never heard anything yeah, of Yeah, this. this is new to you, but bro. Every, every fourth week, we're thinking we, we might bring a nitwick in, either through a phone call or... Or in person, if in it's person, possible. however we're going to do this, they're in charge of album of the week. We want to talk about your guys's albums, so we're going to do that all together. I'll just go in my corner and listen to Arabian ringtones. The first fe- feature <laughs> is already lined up, actually. So next week we got Logan picking the album. After that, a friend of mine from New Zealand is going to be calling in. Oh, oh CJ, perfect. no, it's CJ's br- brother oh, of CJ. Jovan. Even better. Jovan is Jovan. He'll be with us in a couple weeks. We'll we'll be talking the album. Is so. he going to go stoner rock or is he going to go EDM? That's the real question. And this said Nitwick has a chance to pick any album they want our well-researched opinion on. Yep. No, I'm actually excited about this idea. So so it will just rotate. Each of us chooses an album and then on the fourth week... A yeah. random nitwick. You can make me listen to another Pink Floyd album. We we will be reaching out, <laughs> nit- nitwicks. You might have got us today, but we're gonna we'll get you. We'll get you. We'll later. get you for this. We will get you for this. This is a family, but it's like a fighting family. <laughs> yeah, hey, we're no, a warrior clan. You know, but we're we're only stronger because of it. Yeah. All right, nitwicks. Have a good week. It's fun talking again. I hope Logan has something funny to say while I turn the stream off. I kind of wished an astrological nitwick had called in instead of what we got. Because I, like, I'm so ready for the... I threw out that challenge and nobody's... You think all of them like Ed Sheeran? Do you think that's why nobody's called in? 